Today's story is Ten Letters by McKeeshew on the Creepypasta Wiki. It was a cold day in the beginning of January, right after New Year's. I was sitting at the kitchen table sipping coffee as I stared outside of the window to my front yard. The atmosphere was very peaceful, almost ethereal. I'd had feelings like this many mornings before. It was always after I woke up and was almost half asleep, and I felt detached from the rest of the world, as if I was still dreaming. It felt as if I was living in a different world. I would eventually snap out of it and be part of the real world again. That morning, I was even more relaxed than usual, and I could feel the warmth of happiness burning inside my chest. Nothing particular had happened recently, but I had been in a good mood for the past few weeks. I had just turned 17, and things just seemed to go upwards since then. You know, I wasn't an adult yet, but I wasn't considered a little kid either. I could still avoid many responsibilities of adulthood for at least a year, but still be slowly introduced to the world of adults. I had celebrated my birthday at a local restaurant. I actually met my first boyfriend, Thomas, there, because he worked as a part-time waiter and he had asked for my number. I also met many new friends through him. I couldn't have asked for a better birthday gift than new friends. My cat jumped on my lap and purred as she poked me with her little paw. Little Cece was such a loyal cat. She had helped me through some really hard times in the past, and she was actually like a best friend to me. I petted her gently and put her on the floor. I gave my coffee cup a quick wash and put it in the sink. I put my coat on and went outside to get the mail. Snowflakes danced around me and fell onto my hair. It was so quiet. I had lived in the middle of the woods with my parents ever since I could remember. The trees formed a circle around my house. It seemed like they were protecting this place. Everything was always so still here. It was otherworldly, beautiful. The whole place seemed like something out of a fairy tale. As a little kid, I was convinced that fairies and elves lived in the forests around me and that the trees sometimes whispered back at me when I talked to them. Sometimes I wished I could go back to those careless old days. I took small steps and looked around. I wanted to absorb every bit of this moment the best I could. And that was the way I had always been, living every day like it was the last day of my life and enjoyed every single thing to the best of my capability. You see, I had a weak heart. When I was a baby, the doctors told my parents I most likely wouldn't get to see my third birthday. A miracle happened, and eventually I turned four years old. And the years started passing by, and I was still fine. My parents were convinced that someone or something was watching over me. Me and my parents weren't and never had been religious, but Dad, and especially Mom, always believed that there must be more to the world than what everyone sees. I, on the other hand, was just simply happy that I was still alive and that I still got to see a new day and at least so far live a quite normal life. That was enough for me. My fingertips felt the cold plastic of the snow-covered mailbox as I opened it. 
I picked up a few letters and a newspaper and walked back inside. I threw the newspaper to the kitchen table and looked through the letters. One of them had my name on it. This was honestly unusual, since no one really sends letters to anyone in this day and age. I assumed it was just a cute little surprise from Thomas, so I opened it. I felt confused. The letter simply said, Hello. I didn't know who sent it, since there was no name, but I thought it was probably just one of my friends. I just let it slide and forgot about the whole thing for the rest of the day. The next day I went to school, painted on my free time, and met some friends. Things went on like they normally would. I asked my friends if maybe one of them had sent the letter to me, but none of them admitted to it. After a while, the letter was completely erased from the back of my mind. Then I received another, next month, in the same day. Again, it didn't have a name of the sender or an address, just my name. And it read, How are your parents, Ellen? I noticed a drawing of me on it. In the drawing, I was wearing the exact same clothes that I wore that day. A black sweater that had a blue pixel heart in the middle of the chest and ripped gray jeans. The drawing was messy, but skillfully done. The scribbles of the letters still gave me an eerie feeling. I felt unnerved. This time, I was sure it was my friends playing a prank on me because no one else would have known what I was wearing that day. I tried to ask them about it again when we met at a cafe after school. They still acted like they didn't know anything about it. They just told me I was too paranoid. Well, if this continues, I think I'll call the police, I replied. Unless one of you guys confess to this horrible crime you have committed. I continued sarcastically while smiling, hoping for someone to admit it was just a bad joke. All of my friends just stared at me seriously. So it really wasn't any of you? I asked. Of course not, uttered Sarah, one of my closest friends at the time. She was one of the people that I had met through my boyfriend. Even though we hadn't known each other for that long, we had formed a pretty trusting relationship. She'd gone through some horrible times herself and seemed pretty understanding of me. I wasn't sure if I should have doubted my friends or not, but Still, I apologized and asked them to just forget about the whole thing. We talked for a while, and I did my best to act normally and forget about the whole thing myself. If it indeed was one of my friends, then they knew by now that they really shouldn't mess with me like this. I had enough problems as it was. They were smart enough to know to not cause me any more trouble. My mom picked me up from the cafe at 6. Just as she was about to drive away, I noticed... Someone standing next to the cafeteria door, looking straight at me. I hadn't noticed him before, but he stood out from the rest of the people. He looked almost like a shadow. I, I didn't see his face. He looked extremely skinny, and he was wearing all black. He sent shivers down my spine, and he gave me this atmosphere of pure anger. I started to grow suspicious. Before I went to bed that night, I called Thomas. I suggested we'd meet up soon. We hadn't seen each other in a week, and, well, I missed him. I said we should see each other on Saturday and go see a movie, just a simple, boring date. He happily agreed and said goodnight. 
I laid under the covers and tried to put my mind at rest and just think about Thomas. The thought of him always made me feel safe and warm. This time, though, it, it didn't seem to work. My thoughts wondered about the letters and the figure I had seen earlier in that day. Cece jumped onto the bed and curled up next to me. This put my mind somewhat at ease, and it took a long time, but eventually I did fall asleep. I woke up somewhere unfamiliar. I was sitting on the floor, and next to me there was a paper and some charcoals. I could feel the joy and passion flowing through me as my small hands started to scribble on the paper. I felt like a young child again. I noticed a boy sitting next to me, also drawing. He was about my age, and his hair was dark, and he had pale blue eyes. I lifted up my drawing. What do you think? I asked. I felt as if I knew him very well, even though I had no idea who he was. He looked up at the drawing and smiled. That's nice. A uh, kitten, right? I nodded joyfully and proudly looked at what I had just created, and then I looked at his paper. He was drawing a portrait of me. He was very skilled. The dream seemed rather real, but something was wrong. The air felt heavy. When I looked around more, I noticed we were in a completely white room. When I tried to make out more of the things surrounding us, everything looked blurry. Like a, like a blurred picture. I knew that it was definitely a hospital room, considering there were lots of hospital equipments in there. All of a sudden, I woke up to my alarm. My cat was still snuggling warmly next to me. I carefully got out of bed and tried not to wake her up. I went downstairs to get a cup of coffee. My dad was up, and he had just made breakfast. Hey, good morning, zombie. I smiled. He'd been calling me that ever since I was little because of the way I looked every morning. I poured myself my cup of coffee, ate some bacon. The dream kept interrupting my thoughts. The thought of that boy made me feel, I don't know, strange? I felt like I'd forgotten something important. Dad? Did I have a friend when I was little? I asked hesitantly. Well, of course, you've always had lots of friends. He looked at me questionably. Why? It's just... I don't really remember anything from my childhood. Well, I'm not surprised, he chuckled. You were quite clumsy back then, and you did hit your head often. I didn't remember ever being clumsy. He kissed my forehead and quickly left for work. I sighed, and just tried to put the thought of that memory-like dream aside. My mom came downstairs, and she greeted me with a warm smile. She went outside to get the mail while I prepared myself for school. I kept getting distracted while I tried to get ready. I started wondering if maybe I had any childhood photos. I mean, every parent always takes pictures of their kids, right, when they're young, to make those memories eternal, right? The funny thing was that I couldn't remember a single thing. When I tried to remember the past, and I felt like I had finally had a grasp on some kind of memory, it seemed like a, a small sort of dark cloud appeared before the memory. It was almost like my mind wasn't allowed to remember or that I didn't want to remember. My mom then came knocking on my door. She handed me a letter. Well, this one's for you. Do you have a secret admirer or something? She laughed teasingly. Uh, just don't let Thomas know, okay? Before I could say anything, she closed the door and went downstairs. I didn't know if I wanted to open it. 
A part of me, for some reason, just wanted to just throw it away. I sighed deeply and ripped it open. This time, there was a picture. A picture of my room's window. Instinctively, I turned around and walked to the window and looked outside. For a moment, I swore I could see something move between the trees. I picked up my phone and called every single one of my friends individually. All of them told me again that I was just paranoid. Sarah, on the other hand, suggested that I tell my parents about it. I went downstairs and told my mom someone was possibly stalking me. She was unconvinced at first, but I showed her the letters and the picture, and she eventually did inform the police. They did not take it seriously, and since there wasn't enough evidence to investigate further, they just told us to keep the doors locked and be careful, and that we should contact them if anything else happened. They questioned me and asked if it could have been any of my friends. I wasn't sure, so I said no. They figured it was someone I knew playing a prank on me. None of this made me feel any better, but I tried my best to manage. Before going to sleep that night, I made sure everything was locked downstairs and upstairs, even my bedroom door. I admitted that I was being paranoid, but I thought I had a good reason to be. I took Cece to my room and had her sleep next to me. I didn't want to be alone. When I lied down on my bed, this odd feeling of tiredness took over me and I fell asleep before I even realized it. When I opened my eyes, I was lying on a hospital bed. For a moment, I thought maybe something had gone wrong with my heart and my parents had sent me to the hospital. But then I noticed the blurriness of my surroundings. I looked at my hands. They were small, like a child's. Was I having a dream again? But it, it felt completely real this time, even more real than the previous night. I could feel the warmth of the bed, and I felt the heavy air around me. I heard a very faint crying in the distance. As I tried to look around and search for the source of the sound, I noticed that I began to feel extremely cold. My chest was hurting. I put my arms on top of my chest as the unbearable pain took over my body. My body went into shock, and I wanted to scream at the top of my lungs, but... I couldn't make a sound, and all I could do was curl up in pain. I felt my heartbeat getting slower and slower, and then it stopped. The pain stopped as quickly as it had started. I was covered in cold sweat. I opened my eyes and noticed that I was sitting on my bed in my own room. I put my hands on my chest again and I felt my heart beating normally. I sighed in relief. That couldn't have been a dream, it simply felt too real. The pain... It was too real. I heard a, a paper crinkling next to me. I quickly turned my head and noticed a letter on my night table. It wasn't there before. Had someone been in my room? I felt a sting in my heart. The letter looked different this time. It looked old. Even the scent of it was old. I just stared at the thing in fear. My heart started pounding at a pace that I knew to be dangerous for me. When I finally picked the letter up and clumsily ripped it open, my eyes widened and I gasped in horror. It had a picture in it. A picture of me sleeping. Something was written on the back of the picture. 
How do you feel now? I started shaking. I didn't know what to do. Someone had watched me while I slept. Did this person want to hurt me? What did he want and why was he doing this? Why me? What was he doing in my room? Was he still in my room? Thousands of questions started raising in my head as I looked around my room rapidly until I finally realized that Cece wasn't there with me. I picked up my phone. I wanted to call the police, but what if the stalker was still in my room? Or somewhere in the house? What if he heard me and then came to kill me? I sat there in silence for a few moments in case I could hear something. Nothing. It was completely quiet. I phoned 911 quickly. A few moments later, someone picked up. Hello? I think there's someone in my house. Or at least there, there was someone in my house. Could you please send help? I tried to speak quietly as I could, but no one replied. Hello? Please send help. It was quiet. Why didn't the person on the phone say anything? Ellen. I froze. The voice sounded inhuman. It was raspy and deep. It, it sounded almost like growling. My chest started to ache. Before I even realized, everything became dark. I woke up to the brightness of the sun in my room. I jumped up. I looked at my night table. The letter was gone and the phone was still plugged into the charger. It was all just a dream. My door and window were still locked and there was no way someone could have gotten into the room. Cece wasn't in the room though. I tried to call for her and even went outside to look for her but I, I couldn't find her. As I gave up after searching for a while, I started to go back to my house. I heard strange noises behind me. I couldn't make out what it was. I turned around and, and saw nothing. I quickened my pace and went inside my house and locked the door. I called for my mom and dad, but there was no answer. I shouted louder. Still nothing. I looked through every room in my house, and I couldn't find them. I, I hovered in fear because I couldn't find a phone either, not even my own. I grabbed a knife from the kitchen drawer. There was a loud thump noise upstairs. I was frozen in fear for a few moments until I was able to gain some courage and started taking steps toward the sounds. My knife pointed forward, ready to attack literally anything. The stairs creaked as I tried to walk as quietly as possible. I wanted to just leave and run nine miles to the town on foot, but I knew if there was some sort of sicko after me, he would definitely catch me and he would most likely kill me. Also, running would not have been good for my heart. I could have died from it. My room's door was slightly open. It was dead quiet. I gulped and quietly walked towards the door, ready to attack. I slowly opened it. I saw no one in there. There was just a letter placed on my bed. I cautiously walked toward my bed and picked it up. I looked behind me one more time before I opened it as quiet as I possibly could. Remember me? I didn't understand. Who should I be remembering and why? There was another thing in the letter. A picture. A picture of me taken from behind, standing there looking at the letter that I had just opened. What the hell? 
I quickly turned around, but there was nobody there. This, it was impossible. I felt like my pulse was going to kill me. I was so freaked out and couldn't do anything. How the hell? I, I didn't know what the hell was going on. I, I was dreaming again. I had to be. Was I going crazy? The picture fell out of my hand as I heard knocking on the front door. I just stood there in horror. My instincts were telling me that I needed to hide, but just as I was about to hide in my closet, I heard a voice. Ellen? Are you home? My eyes teared up in relief. It was Thomas's voice. I ran downstairs and swung the door open. I tried to jump into his arms, but I fell down. No one was there. I woke up to an extreme pain in my chest. I was in a hospital room again. I felt someone holding my hand. I looked beside me and saw Thomas. He was sitting on a chair beside me and laying his head on my bed, sleeping. I felt very lightheaded and tired. I tried my best to keep my eyes open. T-Thomas? I muttered. He opened his eyes and looked at me with relief. Oh, you're awake, finally! He shouted joyfully. Oh, you've been passed out for days now. I, I was so worried about you. I see. I smiled and sighed. It was all just a bad dream. Where... Um... Where are my parents? I asked. Oh, they visited a bit earlier. They went home for a while. How do you, uh, how do you feel, by the way? Strange? Lightheaded? I answered. Oh. I think you should rest a bit more. Now that I know you're okay, I'm, I'm gonna go home too. But after you've fallen asleep. He smiled. I didn't oppose. I felt strangely tired. How long had I been passed out? When had I passed out anyways? I kind of didn't want to fall asleep in case I saw another nightmare. My, my eyes couldn't stay open for long, and I was knocked out once again. In the blink of an eye, I was in a different hospital room. Everything was more vivid now. The room was no longer blurry, and if I hadn't dreamed about this room before, I would not have been able to tell it from reality. I looked at my hands. They were larger than in previous dreams. Next to my bed, there was a small table. It had a letter on it. It looked new and seemed like it had just recently been placed there. I picked it up and I opened it, and I kind of wished that I hadn't. He's gone. I didn't know why, but tears started rolling down my cheeks. I couldn't control it. Who was this letter from? My head and my heart both ached. The room started to change at a rapid pace. There were no windows or lamps, though. At first it was dark, and then the room became clear again. The letter had disappeared from my hand, and two new ones had appeared on my desk. You were the only one who stayed with me, and you were supposed to stay with me. My vision darkened when I came back to my senses. I was in my room. I was in my house again. It was completely dark and quiet. I felt like crying, but I was too scared to move or make a sound. I saw a tall, shadowy figure of a man standing at the end of my bed. N no, he, he was actually floating. He just stared at me. I couldn't make out any of his features except his eyes, those lifeless, cold, dead eyes just staring at me for some reason. It made me feel sad and scared all at the same time. 
After what seemed like an eternity, he slowly turned toward my door and just floated through it. I stared there in horror. I couldn't leave my bed. I didn't want to face that thing again. I hid under the covers and prayed that I would wake up from this nightmare. I shivered and I was covered in a cold sweat. I felt something move in my bed, but I didn't want to look. And then I realized I was hovering in the air. Or more like the whole bed was. I held my breath and before I could react, the bed dropped on the ground, almost breaking it to pieces. I got up and ran as fast as I could. I couldn't make out anything in the dark and because of that, no longer after I started running, I tripped and fell. The fall was long, as if I had fallen from a cliff. I screamed and my stomach turned. I fell onto a hard ground and I whined in pain. Slowly, I got up to my knees and the place started to light up just enough that I was able to make out where I was. I was in an unfamiliar room. This wasn't the one from my dreams before. Then, then I realized the stink. That god-awful smell. I felt like throwing up. It was unbearable. I looked at the one and only thing I saw in the room. It was an old hospital bed. It looked like a body was covered under the sheet and a letter was placed on top of the sheet. I approached slowly, covering my nose from the disgusting stink. I swiftly took the letter into my hands. At this point, I felt like anything could happen and I didn't want whatever was under those sheets to grab me by my hand. I backed off from the bed and opened the letter, still trying to protect myself from the smell of what I could only describe to be decaying flesh. Why can't your heart stop like mine did? At that moment, I felt my heartbeat becoming slow. I fell to the floor and gasped for air. It felt like something was suffocating me, not allowing me to breathe. As my eyes blackened, I saw the body begin to float above the bed. Ellen. I heard behind me. I turned around and the scenery changed completely. I was outside this time, in the middle of the woods. Hello? I screamed. There seemed to be no one around, yet I felt some kind of presence around me. My instincts told me to walk ahead, as the trees seemed to form some kind of uh, path for me. So I did. After a long time of walking, I ended up in a cemetery. There were a bunch of people gathered around something in the distance. It seemed like there was someone's funeral going on. I tried to scream, but nothing came out. There was a voice inside my head. It was your parents' turn to feel the pain that my parents felt 14 years ago. It wasn't fair for them to get rid of me in order to keep you alive. I deserved to live as much as you did. A figure appeared next to me. Now, I could see it clearly. And I could see him clearly. He looked at me with those cold blue eyes. He had small horns. A pentagram was carved into his forehead. I didn't feel scared anymore. I felt confused. The figure handed me a letter. I shakingly took it and opened it. It had a picture of me when I was young, and there was a boy next to me. I recognized him. He was the same boy that had appeared in my dream before. Then, 
my attention turned back to the people in the distance. I could see my parents, and they were crying. I... I was standing at my own funeral. Hey there, friends. Hope you guys enjoyed this wonderful story. This was, once again, Ten Letters by Makiju. I think I'm saying that username right. This was on the Creepypasta wiki. Um, been getting some stories from there recently, just because the whole CC by SA and the fact that the authors there are fairly talented makes me kind of um, attracted to it as a platform, if that makes sense. Anyway... Thank you, Makiju, for writing the story and posting it in a CC by SA platform. And thank you to everyone who listens to my channel. If you enjoyed this story and would like more content like this, please consider joining the Nevermore. I gotta do hit that subscribe button and the bell icon next to it. Doing so makes you part of the Nevermore, and then you can do things to support the Nevermore, like following me on social media or supporting me through Patreon or coffee. All patrons get early access to my videos to some extent. They get the audio at least, because Patreon has a weird thing about videos. Um, yeah, and some nifty stuff, some nifty extra merch that's going to be going out to everybody here soon. All that said, friends, I hope you have a beautiful week this week, and I want you to know I love you. I want you to know I love you. Your hair looks amazing today. Did you know that? I don't know what you did to it. Even if you did nothing to it, it looks just spectacular today. Sleep well.